With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. I'm getting slight withdrawal symptoms actually with no IPL on, although I know the Pakistan uh, Super League's been on actually over the last few days, but I haven't been watching that. I've been planning for this programme instead. And we've got a very interesting uh, show for you today because we've got a special guest, Daryl Mitchell from the Professional Cricketers Association, the chairman indeed of the PCA. We're also going to talk about player welfare generally because it's been announced today that uh, the county players have had to accept a, a bit of a reduction in pay and some of them have been furloughed so we'll look at all that issue what's happening to the players over the winter we should just also mention uh, our virtual cricket club which is in it's raising money for the professional cricketers association or at least the cricketers trust which is the charity that supports players who've fallen on hard times tomorrow night we have both jack leach and sophie eccleston so it's a real left arm spinner's Masterclass, the best female and male left arm spinner in the land on our show. It's 7pm tomorrow night. If you go to worldsbestcricketclub.com, you can join us. It's £6 for a month, but much of that money goes to the Cricketers Trust. I should just mention the beer as well. We're supported by beer52.com and we're going to be tasting the beers, the craft beers from Beer 52 during our virtual cricket club uh, show tomorrow night. I've got two in front of me here, actually. Um, one that I tried last week, cold-blooded, cold-steep porter from the Siren Brewery in Berkshire, which has got a lovely dark red can and a lovely dark colour. And this one I'm trying tomorrow for my sins is called the Dark Druid Chocolate Orange Pastry Stout from uh, County Sligo in Ireland. So I'm looking forward to trying that. And you can get eight free beers from beer52.com. If you go to beer52.com slash cricket, you get eight free craft beers for just £5.95 for the postage. And you can join us with tasting those beers tomorrow night, Thursday night, in the Virtual Cricket Club. Daryl, you're there with us, and so is Simon Mann. Simon, are you, have you got withdrawal symptoms about the, the, the IPL not being on our screens? Uh, well, there's another one coming up in about four months' time, so I think I can wait until uh, that happens. England uh, are in South Africa, looking forward to that. Just while you're plugging the beer, uh, Yoz, uh, you only brought around two, um, well, one bottle and one can when you came to my house uh, a couple of weeks ago. So you've got all the beer. Where is mine? I, you'd say we're mm. going to be drinking it tomorrow night and sampling it on the, on the 
Virtual Live Cricket Club. Well, uh, where, where is where is mine? Well, well, you haven't signed up, have you? If you sign up to beer52.com slash cricket, you can get your free case and then you can taste it with me. Anyway, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair question, actually. I'll, I'll try and do my best to, to get you some more. Right, so Daryl Mitchell, Hello. chairman of the PCA. Hello. Well, for a start, look back at the summer. Worcestershire nearly got to the Bob Willis Trophy finals. Yeah, we had a, we had a great run in the, in the Red Bull comp, actually. Um, sort of a, a very different year to, to the previous couple, really. Obviously, um, we were disappointed in our Red Bull cricket um, back in 2019. Seems a lifetime ago now. But um, worked, worked, worked very hard in the winter as a group. Um, kept things very simple. Looked to bat long periods of time. And then with the ball, looked to hit top of off for long periods of time. It sounds over simple, but that was basically our, our sort of motto going through the competition and and we played some really good cricket unfortunately just fell at the, the last hurdle really against a very good Somerset side in the in the last game of the group stages where um, I think we fell about 50 or 60 runs short where a win would have uh, took us to the final unfortunately but um, yeah it was it was a good competition and lots of positives to be taken forward into a, hopefully a fuller programme of uh, Red Bull cricket next year. Yeah I mean I suppose that the one thing about playing for Worcestershire is that you never quite know what the state of your ground is going to be. And um, I suppose the one small advantage about the lockdown and no cricket in what sort of April, May was that you weren't dealing with a flooded ground, uh, which often happens, doesn't it, early season. What's the state of, of, uh, of the ground now? Oh, it looks an absolute picture at the moment. A lot can happen over the next couple of months, particularly the winter months in terms of uh, quantity of water that comes down, I think. But um, actually the postponement of the start of the season worked in the groundsman's favour, certainly, if, if nobody else is at Worcester, with um, we did have some heavy flooding in the. It was under, underwater for about twelve weeks, I think, which is which is ex- extraordinary, in fact. But um, yeah, so it was it was going to be a, a race against time to to get it ready for the first home game. Whether we'd have ended up at Kidderminster or not, I'd, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it, it gave a little bit more time, and, and thankfully, it was very much playable when we when we did kick off in August. That was that was for sure. How do you combine? Darryl, being being a player, playing for Worcestershire full time, and being chairman of the PCA. I mean, it almost seems to me that they are two jobs um, that should be done separately. And you're able to combine them. I mean, is that a really demanding a role for you? Yeah, it can, it can be. I think from from my own personal perspective, I'm, I'm quite good at sort of compartmentalising things. I don't know if even that's a word, but it's sort of. Same as when I was captain, I think sort of separating my batting and, and captaincy is, is sort of how I see see the job as PCA chairman and playing. You sort of separate the two as soon as I cross that white line, whether it's training or playing, that I'm very much Daryl Mitchell, the the cricketer. Uh, and the emails and phone calls, etc. can wait till after play, I guess, or, um, on, or on the days off. Um, I think over the course of the, it's about three and a half years now I've been chairman. I think it's, in some ways, it's probably been the most difficult period ever to be PCA chairman in terms of a time management point of view there seems to have been so much going on with whether it's the the, the county partnership agreement whether it's a new standard contract obviously the, the advent of the 100 coming in uh, and then Covid it's been demanding but I guess from a experience point of view it's been probably the best time ever I've, I've learned so much it's been great to great to be involved in something that will certainly shape my future and, and life beyond cricket so I'm very grateful for the opportunity I've had. Has your phone sort of been ringing constantly since the end of the season? Players worried about their futures, uh, worried about their, their finances, uh, worried about their mental health. What, what's the current situation? Yeah, I mean, we've just, 
renegotiated a, another sort of pay cut deal until the end of February, which gives some clarity over the winter. So I think that's a that's a real real positive. My phone's been red hot from the start of lockdown, really right through. To be perfectly honest, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty around, and that uncertainty just breeds anxiety amongst players, as it would um, people in any industry, I guess. So it's been it's been a tough time dealing with all the unknowns of um, of COVID nineteen. I guess there's still many unknowns moving forward, but um, yeah, some clarity around the pay situation. I think is important um, until February, obviously. Um, I think we managed this year well in terms of the number of players lost to the game. I think we only lost 41 players either retired or released at the end of this year. How would um, that compare with a normal season? An average year is 45, so we're actually down, which is amazing, really. I, I think I think we put a lot of a lot of things in place. Um, obviously, the, the pay cuts is the obvious one, but also being able to roll over rookie contracts for an extra year. Than previously within the regulations, academy contracts can be rolled over for an extra year. I think that's helped. Reduction of minimum salaries for for young players. Um, so I think that's helped keep a few in job in in jobs as well as actually in some cases allowing sort of a seven month contract for those that are off doing other things or can go off and do other things in the winters as well, rather than the, the standard sort of twelve month contract. So I think that's enabled to keep the majority of players in the game. But I don't think I certainly don't think we're out of the woods. Yet, obviously, with the extension of rookies and academies, that means there's not so many players coming at the bottom end. Um, so I think the overall total number of players will probably still be down slightly on this year. And there is obviously going to be a knock-on effect financially for all the club's budgets moving forward off the back of the situation we're in at the moment. Mm. Uh, actually, a big compliment to you is that you told us before we started this that you've got a whiteboard on your on your wall and that is your sort of go-to kind of uh, item really that you couldn't do without and I just I'm just really impressed because you know in my day I mean players didn't even have a diary trying to get people to events was a nightmare you you basically had to knock them up you know to go round to their house and get them to do things if you tried phoning them it was pointless in probably in the days before mobiles or when mobiles were a bit primitive but I mean you to have that level of organization but then I suppose you can't do it without, in a way. Yeah, certainly. I think it's been a necessity, really, that kind of thing. Obviously, I've become very acquainted with Zoom over the last yeah, six we nine all. months. <laughs> so what's on it. your whiteboard now, I mean, that you could tell us? I mean, a couple of things that, that you've, you know, pending. A couple of things around um, commercially, around the around the cricket um, cricket department of the PCA. Um, MVP is something that we run, so there's some work to be doing on revamping that. We're actually taking on 40 new women members as of, as of now, pretty much. Their contracts are out being signed as we speak. So domestic players are coming on board as PCA members, and it's eight regions with five professionals at each region. So we've got a big call with them in the next week or two. So I've got to write a bit of a welcome speech and stuff for, for the Zoom call with those guys. So that's on the to-do list. And you've got, uh, you've um, got this um, Futures Conference, uh, or at least a sort of Futures uh, list of events or list of com- conversations planned as well. Talk talk us about that. How how does that work? What what is that about? Yep. So this is the the future series is sort of on, ongoing as we speak. Actually, through the month of November, there's various sort of online sort of webinars. The personal development and welfare team are, are putting on guest speakers from various industries. But just as a bit of a a taste, I guess we've got a networking in person and digitally sort of seminar that's going on tomorrow lunchtime which is which is good for all the members to be able to tap into um, building a, a digital presence is another webinar 
um, entering the world of coaching, entering the world of business development and sales, entering the world of financial services. And there's another probably half a dozen or so more that I could could have listed off. So this is all for players uh, looking ahead to the day when they won't be able to play professional cricket anymore and kind of giving them some training and some direction into into how can they can live their life which i mean again something that we never had uh, i mean we were sort of september the 30th handed our p45 handed our car keys back the sponsored car and that was it see you in april and no real sort of future planning or what you can do in the winter or education of any kind so you're trying to create i suppose much more rounded cricketers in a way yeah absolutely i think i think where we see a lot of of the issues in the game or in, within players, sorry, is transition out effectively. So, it's important to get things in place for for life beyond cricket. And the average age of a cricketer um, to retire or be released is twenty six. And obviously, there's a hell of a lot of your work in life beyond that, isn't there? So, um, trying to put things in place. We normally have a transition week uh, and a and a futures conference, uh, which is part of that, which is sort of obviously a hands on interactive thing. We, we used St George's Park last year for that. Um, obviously, that's impossible at the moment. So the the future series is something we come up with this week to try and do everything online. Um, try and give people as much exposure to different things as well. Some former players telling their transition stories is is a really important part of that as well. And and just try and prepare people as as best we can to avoid the pitfalls of that transition out of the game. And um, mental health, I'm sure, is something we'll come on to later. But that is something that um, some of the biggest issues in players tend to be those first two years outside of the game. At what point do players start planning for their futures? It's probably quite a general question, a hard one to answer, really. But is that change? Have you noticed that players are thinking a bit earlier about what's going to happen after cricket in in, in recent years? Yeah, absolutely. So our our personal development managers, there's six of those with three three counties each and an England women's personal uh, PDM as well. But um, So they will get into academies. So as early as sort of that, 16, 17, 18, before they're even actually officially sort of members and, and professionals. But, and this is drummed into them at a very young age. Um, whether they listen at that point is probably debatable. Some of them certainly do, but some of them don't. But in terms of um, the opportunity for, to, to, to tap into the PCA sort of education funding, that, that is available to all, all members from, from first year pros right until to the, to the, uh, the older people like myself. Um, uh, and just the encouragement and, and trying to source source those courses for people to take the areas they're interested in and, and, and trying to forge that that future what what life beyond cricket looks like from a from a very early I think there's no hard and fast rule I think the earlier the better but people will certainly take to it at, at different times but the encouragement and the opportunity is certainly there throughout have you noticed have you found that there are more more players have been calling the the PCA since the, the covid pandemic started or has it been a actually a, a feature of the fact that PCA has got procedures in place now to mm-hmm. help with the players mental health actually it's been a feature of the last two three four five years yeah I mean I think you sort of um, you create a little bit of a monster sometimes by the more awareness you raise effectively and, and the better the provision you give the more the more cases tend to come forward I think which is obviously from our point of view is a positive we want to help as many, many members as we possibly can I think during this phase in particular, at the first lockdown, um, mental health cases in particular actually dropped, which was a bit of a surprise to us at that point because we thought there was going to be an inevitable spike. Um, um, unfortunately, that was probably a little bit of a calm before the storm once they sort of settled down into those sort of months, six weeks into lockdown. Um, 
we saw we saw a pretty steep rise in, in in mental health cases people reaching out to the pca people ringing the confidential helpline um and and as of as of the end of last month i think we'd already gone past the the year in terms of number of cases we'd already gone past the the total number of cases that we we had in 2018 with uh with a couple of months ago so of uh, uh, this year so there's certainly been a sort of um a tap into our resources in 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 particular the, the charity's resources in terms of the mental health provisions and um it's probably came at, come at a time where obviously fundraising and 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 the re- generate uh, sorry generating the revenue is is probably at its most difficult at the moment yeah that's that, that's partly why we um partly why we we introduced this virtual cricket club actually mm-hmm. to try and uh, help at least partly offset the the losses um I, i've got a little sad story here actually um this is um we were putting together the next issue of the cricketer magazine today it goes to press uh, tonight actually and uh, one of the items in it is an obituary of graham cowdery who of course uh, died only about a week ago uh, very sadly aged only 56 and uh, I'm just going to give you a tiny uh, little peek into this beautifully written obituary, actually, by Mark Pennell of, of Kent. Um, and he says, uh, talking of Graham's sort of later life, he says, uh, around Christmas 2008, Cowdery, who'd had a, a minor heart attack, his family idyll was shattered, forced to close his corporate entertainment firm after a business partner allegedly made off with £40,000. He and his wife, Justine, a successful amateur jockey, separated, leaving Cowdery destitute. Suffering from depression, he spent occasional nights sleeping in his car before friends and family rallied. His fortunes improved in 2015 when the ECB employed him as a pitch liaison officer, etc., etc. So um, the general point, I mean, being that, uh, you know, he, he obviously, uh, even though you'd assume that a Cowdery from that great uh, cricketing family would be okay. It, it, you can make assumptions about anybody that, that, that their life is fine, and actually it's not. So what sorts of uh, issues are you hearing from players that they're worrying about and, and that is affecting their mental health? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, obviously just, just listening to you read that, it's obviously, um, as a trustee of, of, the, of, of the Cricketers Trust, it's, unfortunately it's an all-too-sort-of-familiar tale, really. It's something that we come across... Um, on a regular basis, and, and we help out where we can. I think, um, in terms of certainly in terms of the mental health, there is an element of depression. I touched on the transition being an issue um, earlier, but that's it's not limited to that. Certainly, I mean, uh, cricket is um, ex cricket is a human beings. At, at the end of the day, we're no different to to anybody else, and 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 the pitfalls that life throws at us. So, um, I mean, the the PCT deals with anything from a from a one-off phone call just somebody to talk to um which can 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 sort that um hopefully put an end end to the issues there and then or or more so to a sort of residential um funding a residential sort of rehab situation where where people need sort of long-term treatment and then we've had players former players that have um been in the system for, for years and need that sort of constant sort of constant help so and then obviously there's anything in between there so there really is no sort of boundaries to to the to the care and what we what we try and help with um obviously the only sort of i guess the only limitation really is the is the funding side of it and what we can afford to do well what's the reach of the of the pca daryl i mean you, you obviously got your, your current members i mean do you can you stay a member of the pca for life i mean are you talking about hundreds and hundreds of members that can that can call on your resources 
Yeah, absolutely. I think once once you've played one one professional game or signed one professional contract, you're then a member of the PCA for life. Um, I think there's somewhere with the with the new women professionals coming on board now. I think it's around 480 current members. There's roughly around 5,000 past playing members that that we are aware of. There might be more out there that we don't know about, but um, that's that's the numbers we're sort of dealing. Like you say, and, and anyone once you've played one game, whether you play one game or 100 tests. You treat you're a PCA member and you treat treated equally and accordingly, and um, yeah, ev- ev- our services are there for for everyone to tap into. And do you find that there's someone you know who, who might have drifted out of the game 15, 20 years ago that that sort of comes to you possibly as a last resort? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's far more than the mental health that the PCT provides, I and mean, we we put. And I remember going back a few years um, when I was obviously involved as captain at Worcester, the PCT um, was benevolent fund as it was then put a chairlift in for Tom Graveney for example um, yeah. to help him with mobility getting up and down stairs and there is like I say it's sort of no own holes and sort of no bounds really we actually own a couple of mobility scooters that get get um, sort of lent out at times when they're needed those kind of things and um, and then yeah right down to your to your 18 18 year old professional in their first year who, who develops some sort of mental health issue or, or addiction or whatever it might be yeah, we'll we'll be there and and try and lend our support as best as best we possibly can. It must have uh, opened your eyes in a way. I mean, when when you set out on a a cricketing career, you started in two thousand and five, so you've been at it fifteen years. I mean, you know, you think of uh, the excitement of playing the game and and just doing it almost for fun, really, when you start, and suddenly you're knee deep in in all these issues. Um, I suppose it, it it must be quite hard to sort of reflect back on what your life was like as a as a young player but it seems as if there are more there's more complexity to being a professional cricketer now than there was when you started yeah i think i think that's fair i think as a, as a youngster all you're worried about is the the next game isn't it or the next training session i don't think you look any further than that whereas you sort of get to the end of your career like me i've sort of certainly looking to to life beyond cricket i'm nearly 37 now so there's not not many, not many, too many runs left in the tank. Hopefully, a few, hopefully a few more, but not many. Um, well, you had you did you had an all right season this year, average yeah, forty two. Yeah, had a good year this year, and hopefully that can continue into next. But um, it's only right that you plan and look look to life beyond cricket. And obviously, I think being being a trustee on the on the PCT is something that that is has really opened opened my eyes to to the the issues that that can happen to players, particularly in those sort of first couple of years out of out of the game there's guys I've guys I've played against guys I've played with actually Ashes winners that are all in the system that have that have fallen hard times and needed some help so uh, being aware of those certainly given me a broader perspective on on life and and what can happen once once that the thing that you've sort of grown up loving and, and wanting to do your whole career once that sort of ends it's sort of an end certainly an end of an era if nothing else but it's, there's there's a lot of life to be led after after your playing days and you need to move on to into something else and you need to put things in place and make sure that that transition is as as smooth as possible what would you say to a young player coming into the game now as the most important thing or one of the most important things to have in the background um i suppose would it be having a second interest perhaps yes certainly i actually i have found that sort of um, having things going on outside of cricket is has certainly helped my performance on the field actually and I think there's it's good to be able to go come away from the ground 
um, and do other things, have other interests, take your mind off the cricket. I mean, it can, if you let it, cricket and, and your career can certainly be all-consuming and I don't think that's necessarily a healthy thing at times. So having, uh, putting things in case, in, in place, whether it's some sort of work experience or some sort of educational course, um, things that you can go and do away from the cricket, get yourself away from the game, switch off from from batting averages and, and bowling averages and economy rates and that kind of thing, take your mind off it and, and worry about something else for a period of time and then attack the next, next, the next training session or the next game with 100% commitment and energy. I think that can only be a good thing. Here's a thought. Um, in the past, years, I mean, you mentioned that you got to the end of September and you had to think about your winter plans and you did something else. So you were away from the game. In a, in a, in a strange way, I suppose, to some extent, you were planning for the future because you, know, you, you might be developing a skill, you might you know, do something completely different. In yeah. a strange way now, of course, you've got a, a year-long contract and the players of success will just keep on getting their contracts uh, renewed, you know, two years, three years. So you are totally, in a way... Tied more, into it more. More totally immersed in cricket mm. now. So actually... When you come to the end of your career, it, it might feel a, a bigger shock than it did in your that's, day. That's a really good point. I, I mean, I basically I use cricket as a means to travel, <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, one of my books actually, um, "Yacking Around the World," a cricketer's quest for love and utopia. You know, it's a pretty stupid title, rather pretentious title. Still but... available in all bad bookshops. <laughs> it is. I've, I just noticed it the other day, actually, for two pounds. You know, remainded somewhere. Uh, but there's no it, bad bookshop. Some... There's no bad. Bookshop. <laughs> there's no bad bookshop. 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 No, uh, that's true. And actually, there's a new um, uh, venture called Bookshop.org, which is trying to support uh, independent bookshops, trying to take all the business away from Amazon. So try and support that. Actually, if you if you're not a fan of monopolies. Um, bookshop.org it's a new company come from America that is trying to help those independent bookshops surviving so have a look at that Um, but I I tried to use uh, cricket as a means to travel and see the world and I felt you know yeah it was fun it was was great going to Australia and South Africa and New Zealand and West Indies and India and Sri Lanka and places like that but uh, also it opened your eyes to another way of living to other kind of styles of uh, of playing the game, uh, other kind of attitudes to life, you know. So it was, it was a brilliant. I mean, travel broadens the mind, doesn't it? So I suppose that was my kind of um, exterior or external experience, which I guess in the end fed into sort of journalism. I'm, I'm pleased actually, in some ways, that I had that opportunity. But it, it, it was quite un- unsettling because you never knew really from one year to the next how. Uh, solid that contract with a, an overseas club would be how much it would pay what you'd be doing I mean sometimes I might be away uh, working at a local newspaper uh, doing a bit of work and, and other times it was like kind of scrabbing around you know working in a shop or something so you know you didn't have a particularly uh, consistent uh, form of employment in the winter which in itself could be a little bit unsettling but at the same time it was a it was a it was a great opportunity now yeah, they are much more tied into sort of by November time. You're Daryl. You're sort of reporting back for training again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. Normally, obviously, we're, we're, I think they've taken most counties have taken advantage of the furlough system this year, so most most players have, have, have furloughed at the moment. Um, the, the travel and things, like you say, still goes on. Um, I mean, a lot of young players still jet off to to Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, etc., to play play club cricket and get that life experience. And it's certainly development. Uh, develops your skills certainly talking from personal experience certainly develops your skills and your outlook on life um, 
for many many lads, it's that first sort of time they ever left home, and, and to go and live ten thousand miles away for six months in Australia is is, is certainly character building, and, and definitely helps your cricket and the way the Aussies go about their cricket as well. It certainly firms you up a bit, or it did in my case. Actually, and and actually, some people say that another aspect of that is it gives you the experience of being the professional in a club side whereas in England in a county side you're one of 11 pros and you know you're all sort of trying together to to obviously get well do well but in a club side in Australia or New Zealand or somewhere you are the professional so you have much more responsibility yeah the pressure pressure that that sort of expectation and you are you are supposed to perform and do well aren't you and that sort of expectation the pressure that brings is 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 something that you learn and you have to deal with so i think that's certainly again that's an element of character building with that um but i suppose at at now you're doing that with with a 12 month contract behind you're still being paid by your county during that period um and so the security is certainly there um I think if there is any positives to come out of COVID, and I think there's very few, isn't there? But with the with the players that have been furloughed, it has given given players time on their hands. It has enabled them to access our services even more, particularly the educational ones and more online courses. And the personal development managers have been been checking it, checking in with everyone on a one to one basis, pretty regular, and encouraging them to take up um, the opportunities they have. So that we've seen a lot of a lot of players whether it be a podcast or doing some creative writing or reporting or, or taking up sort of formal qualifications. We've seen a big uptake in that, which has been a positive actually. And, and mm. um, one of the very few to come out of the, yeah. the horrible situation. Yeah, you're, you're, that's a good point. And it's really, it forces you to either invent or in our cases, Simon, reinvent. Uh, and, you, and I think actually the most successful people and the most successful sports are those that are constantly innovating. Uh, I quite like the idea of the big bash that now they've introduced the idea of substitutes. Uh, you can substitute a player. Uh, how, how, what, do you, what do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not averse. I, again, I'm, I'm not one that, that I don't fear change, certainly. Um, Obviously, that, that one of those uh, the substitution thing came up in the discussions around the hundred at one point, didn't it? As well, yeah. I remember, remember reading and, and hearing around that. So, I mean, I'm not adverse to it, and um, if they think it's going to add add, enough, add something to the um, to the competition, then great. Obviously, things like timeouts have come in, haven't they? In in, um, in the IPL in particular, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing that a 20 over game lasts four, four, four and a half hours or whatever <laughs> it does now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's various sort of innovate. I mean, cricket's innovated from from year one, isn't it? If you go back um, from when I was a kid, that sort of pajama cricket coming in and having coloured clothing that was never seen before, and that that came in various formats that we've had in terms of forty over, forty five over, fifty over, fifty five over, uh, twenty over, um, and now over. obviously the hundred, so ten over, t ten as well. So cricket is one of those games that has evolved a lot over the years, isn't it? And um, um, yeah, I mean. Is it be interesting to see how it works? Yeah, it's, it's, well, we've opened up a can of worms here, Yoz. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely. I mean, it's a fascinating discussion. We could talk about it all afternoon. But I mean, you know, seventeen twenty-eight. Someone decided that we put put three sticks in the ground and bowl a piece of leather at someone's body or whatever. And then no, well, actually, that's you're wrong. It. You're wrong. You know, because it, oh, it, it wasn't. Well, was it, it was, there was only that two was, sticks. It was only two oh, right, sticks okay, in seventeen twenty-eight. Seventeen seventy-five. Don't test me on the history here. Um, <laughs> in seventeen seventy-five, they added a third stump because right. there was a well, guy called John Small. Gimmick. 
Yeah, gimme. No, well, but gimme. they, they couldn't get a bloke him. out. There was a guy called John Small who who played who decided to play straight back rather than cross back. Everyone else was cross back, and he yeah. played straight back, and they couldn't get him out because he only they only had two stumps. The yeah. ball often would go in between them, well, see, so they put a third one in. See, that's fascinating, see, isn't it? Because it's about the game evolving. I mean, I've had a lot of comment on this in the last few days, actually. Um, you know, people say, oh, it's just a gimmick, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But the game has always evolved. That, that, that is a very good example, you know, back in the 18th, 18th century. Also, things like, you know, football and rugby, they've had substitutes for ages. It's, it's really weird in a way why cricket has never had substitutes. I go back to, well, in the recent example, when Jimmy Anderson got injured at Edgbaston um, on the first oh, yeah. morning of the Ashes mm. test last year. So England basically had to play you know, the best part of five days with only 10 players. I know Anderson could bat, but that's sort of an irrelevance, really, because that's not what he's there for. Um, and, you know, it, it, does seem, it does seem odd in a way that cricket has been very resistant to uh, substitutes. It's, it has happened got, before, hasn't it? I remember... Um, yeah, Vic, Vikram Solanke, who obviously was, yeah. I was playing with at the time, became England's first super sub in the 50 over competition. I can't remember what competition <coughs> it was or whether it was just a ODI one day ODI series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's not as if it hasn't happened before. Either. Obviously, they, it was deemed not to be a success at that point. So whether it's any different in T20 cricket, yeah. I'd be, be amazed to be seen. Well, the, I think the reason it wasn't a success then was because you, you, you could have players substituted basically after the toss or after the first over. This, mm. this I, I understand, has to be after the halfway point. Is it of the first innings or, or, or the second innings? It's, it's not, the 11th over, and also yeah. you, uh, it can't be a person who's already batted. Yeah. So you can substitute someone who hasn't batted or uh, someone who's only bowled one bowled over. One over, yeah. Anyway, let's right. see what let's see what happens. It may mm. not work, yeah. but I mean, what's what's wrong with having a look at something and then saying no, it didn't work. Let's let's try something different. I mean, I think one of the big problems actually with the Big Bash is that it was a great success, and then they expanded the tournament, and so the games lost their sort of sense of being special. So there were almost too many games, which is of course a you know a big issue that that cricket faces. I think generally is that it's overplaying and people think okay that event is not special but I think originally it, you know you had that real sense that each game really mattered and then it was just oh there's another game at the Bell Reeve Oval tonight oh there's another one next Tuesday oh there's another one next Thursday there's another one next you know week on Saturday and so we might not go we might not give it our attention but anyway that's that's the debate about cricket's finances. What, what, talking of uh, just quickly just uh, talking of uh, you know sort of new competitions so is your mailbag Daryl uh, regularly filled with people complaining about the hundred, and and how can you uh, tell them to shut up? It, it was for a period. I think it's a sort of um, yeah. I, I actually played in the hundred warm-up games, and from yeah, a, I remember, yeah, from a cricketing perspective, it, the skill set is identical to a T Twenty. It was no, it was no different. I think the I think it gets lost a little bit that if it wasn't the hundred, then it, there would have been a. A T, another T20 competition, which I, 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 in my opinion, is probably overkill to have two domestic T20 competitions in in the, um, in one country, and it would have been. I think most people's problem is not the fact that, with the format, really. I think it's the fact that it's uh, it's not their county. It's not your Worcestershire, your Somerset, your Yorkshire, etc. And it's these these city-based teams, and I think that's what most people take umbrage is that their county will not be participating in this new, in this new competition. Although their players will be, I mean, it's Although, just going yeah. to be. It's going to take time for people to get allegiance. But you know, it might, I've I've written this book about the IPL, and you know, a lot of people sort of wondering how the hell people would get allegiance to 
the the new teams in that. Obviously, there's a bigger market in India, but the allegiances were created by a playing style, by certain individuals. You know, people love to go and watch Kohli or Dhoni or uh, Suresh Reina or whoever. I mean, they have their heroes within a team, and that can draw people to watch a, a sport just as much as yeah, uh, affiliation I, to a I team. Think, I think uh, having a Moen Ali mm. uh, born and bred in Birmingham playing for the Birmingham side I think will be a real pull and people will will want to go and see Moen represent his city in, in at Edgebaston so yeah it, it, I mean it remains to be I'm, I'm going to sit very much on the fence and and, and I, I hope it's a success and um, but I guess it remains to be seen and ultimately it will come down to people in the stadium I think whether it's viewed as a success or not. What a beautiful segue into a clip of Moen Ali. He gave a little interview today on the back of England announcing that they're going to be touring Pakistan for two T20s next winter, next October, just before, actually, the World T20 scheduled for the late October in India. And it sounds really sensible, actually, not only helping Pakistan you know, revitalise their, their cricketing audience uh, with two matches against England, but also practice for the World T20 a couple of weeks later and this is Moen talking about that idea. It's massive um, you know having just been there so long ago it was um, it was an amazing experience to play the PSL there and um, I'm sure Pakistan have gone all out to to host that and um, yeah I mean we can't wait to get, go there in the future and I think it's a massive uh, moment for cricket going forward. The teams that came over West Indies and Pakistan last year were um, amazing um, to have gone through the whole bubble and obviously after the coronavirus, uh, the pandemic and all those news that cricket was obviously on the edge and they helped uh, massively with that. So uh, I think it's, I think it was probably going to happen anyway. Um, but I think it's it's right that we go back um, after such a long time to one for the game itself, but also for Pakistan uh, and the cricket in that country. My priority is to try and get my game to the level that um, I know I can get it, um, first of all, so I can be part of a lot of the cricket that's coming up. Um, I know I haven't got that long left, I guess, in international cricket, probably, um, obviously, depending on fitness and form. But, um, yeah, I'll try my best to do as much as I can to get on to the level now where I want, I want to get. I think I've had... Um, enough of a break, I guess, from test cricket or just, um, I think I can give my all in the next couple of years to to try and be part of this because there's so much cricket and there's so much, uh, I guess, success to have. Um, there's an opportunity there, I think, to be, uh, you know, one of the greatest sides ever and be part of that. So, and, and that's something I want to be, I want to do. And it's such an exciting time moving forward that, um, yeah, for, I think for me right now is to try and play as much cricket as I can. Looking back at that 50 over World Cup, I think mm, I got dropped after the Pakistan game. I got like three for 50 and then I got dropped because the ground, we played at Cardiff and it was small and we always, most of the time, play one spinner and stuff. But I want to get to a point where I'm playing so well that um, like my batting is well and my bowling is going well that I don't get dropped no matter what the size of ground. So that's Mo and Ali just talking about the, the prospects for the next few months. Uh, exciting stuff. England playing South Africa, of course, starting on the 27th of November. For you, Daryl, what about, you talked about future planning. Now, we don't want to write your career off yet, of course, because you, you had a good summer. But what about you, sort of medium term? Have you got any plans? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, my sort of 
outlook originally was was coaching i've done done a level three coach but i think this this role with the pca is is is, has changed my direction a little bit into sports administration i've done a little bit of work experience at at everton and the rfu and chowton town in in other sports as well so um yeah i think i think sports administration is certainly the area that i'll be be looking to move into and uh, we'll see what opportunities come up over over in the next year or two once uh once my career finally finally finishes. So are you excited about the future or are you apprehensive about it? You talked about players, you know, really being uncertain those two years after they finished. Are you thinking actually this is going to be a real, really positive thing when you finish playing or are you very apprehensive? Can you be both? I am certainly excited. I mean, cricket is is has obviously been a huge part of my life since I left school effectively. So um there is definitely an app an element of apprehension of when that, that disappears. I think I'll always be involved, uh, whether that's a bit of part-time coaching at my local club or playing club cricket or whatever it might be. I think I will always have that, that love and that desire to be involved in cricket no matter what happens. Um, but certainly what I've, what I've done over the last couple of years with the, with the PCA, and, and I'm pretty confident with, with the things I have put in place, that there's, there's, there's a good future for me to have beyond cricket. So, yeah, a, a bit of both. I'm... I will miss playing cricket. It's been, like I say, it's been a huge part of my life, and I've loved every minute of my career. But unfortunately, the body's probably recovery in particular is not quite what it was, and um, there is there will be an end at some point. And I'm quite excited of what the future future holds for me as well. So yeah, it's a bit a bit of both in there, I'd say. Well, thank you very much for your time today, and and also on behalf of everyone at the Professional Cricketers Association, thank you very much for all the effort and time you put in to that job as well. It's been very well received and extremely valuable and you you, you make a, a great figurehead for that organization so round of applause to uh round of applause to uh, to daryl for his uh, thank you very his much. work and, and time that. today um and good luck with everything um just a couple of little things for your uh, for your diary so tomorrow night thursday night we have both jack leach and sophie eccleston so it's the first woman on our uh, virtual club live stream and you know actually i really want to talk to her about whether she thinks she could break into men's cricket eventually if she'd ever want to of course she's the world's leading t20 women bowler female bowler uh, and she's been doing amazing stuff and i certainly wouldn't like to face her actually uh, so she's on with jack leach uh, tomorrow night in our virtual cricket club which you can find at world's best cricket club.com and as i said it's six pounds but you get uh, a lot of value for your money there with four live events per month and lots of blogs and podcasts and, and other things as well, including the chance to win signed memorabilia. Uh, we've got some signed pictures and stuff uh, to give you tomorrow night to win if you answer a simple question. Worldsbestcreateclub.com. Go to that site and sign up. We look forward to seeing you. And don't forget about the beer either. Simon, the beer, Beer 52. How many cans have you got left? None. Uh, none. I had two. You only brought two oh, round. Well, I, I'll try and remember to bring one round to you tomorrow then before <laughs> before the show so you can sample it. Beer52.com slash cricket to get those free eight craft beers. Daryl Mitchell, thank you very much again. Simon Mann. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. And uh, we'll speak to you guys who are part of the Virtual Cricket Club tomorrow night, Thursday night, 7pm. See you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.
Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.